It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm telling you that if the two teams, if they line up like that, and my team rocks up with what we had at Brighton last night, they will murder us. Hello everybody, welcome to Planet FPL, the world where everything revolves around Fantasy Premier League. My name's Such. And my name is James. It's the final show of 2023, James. Well, shit it is, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> but it's the year comes anyway. to an end. Uh, we've got a Patreon show, uh, differential show as well today, but the final main pod of the year, um, and it's going to be a corker. Yeah, I hope so. There's plenty to talk about from uh, a very interesting game week 19. How was your FPL game week, sir? Uh, and FPL then game week. Get on to all the, the happiness and uh, you're the pride of North London and all that sort of shit. There's yeah, only yeah, one team in North London anyway, so you can't have that, mate. Uh, I think Finsbury Park FC will probably uh, argue, or Enfield Town Football Club will also want a piece of that. Um, 45 points, James. So that means another green arrow um nice. three in a row and when i was two million at the at game week 16 two million one 2.1 million i'm now 1.1 million so i've held my rank in three okay. weeks so i'm i'm, I'm happy enough with that the biggest jump came in uh game week 17 and then chipped away a little bit uh ever since considering i didn't really have a bench or any kind of optimum um team for going into this week um, I didn't have a wild card to prepare for for the blank game week that was before and so on. So um, I'm kind of stumbling through and seeing where I would get through. I made just the one transfer. I sold uh, Matt, Matthew, Matty, Nathaniel, Cash for Trent Alexander-Arnold. Uh, again, I swapped a zero-pointer for an eight-pointer. So two weeks in a row, my transfers have been okay. Um, it really was a choice of Shimikas or Cash. Um, I could stomach another price drop on Shimikas because of the price I'd bought and sold, whereas Cash, every time he dropped, I was going to take a hit. So I thought he he can go. They're both as screwed as each other, really, aren't they? So um, so I let it go. Uh, 
with Shimikas um, and ended up uh, Dubravka and Trippier. Talk about Newcastle defence in a minute because that's twice in a row, man. Like there's 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 plenty of us. You in the same boat, right? Luton, uh, sorry, Luton followed by Forest versus Man United followed by Arsenal. What's that points difference? Must be 15 points or something stupid like that. Ariola is the 10 point of this one. Can't be angry at yourself for benching Ariola, mate. He's my goalkeeper, though. He's my club. Yeah, but you can't be angry about it, mate. Particularly, no, particularly this week as well. Away yeah, to Arsenal. Come on, man. Uh, a two and a three versus 18. So, uh, what's that? Five, 13 points. Three. But Dubravka and, and Trippier uh, didn't give me anything. Nothing from Gabriel. Couldn't care less. Um, Region, Diaby, and Salah, who are captains, nothing. But Region? My... Oh, sorry, Richarlison. Why am I thinking Region? <laughs> Eight in the morning. Bloody hell! Sister. I mean, there's there's Bayern yeah. Manchester United. There's Bayern Manchester United. R in a white shirt. Maybe it's PTSD. <laughs> um, Thomas Ocek though, finally coming up with uh, with some points. Ever since I've owned him as my four point nine kind of. Fodder. You had to start him this week as well, didn't you? Yeah, I had to. That's brilliant. I had to. Uh, so he he chipped in with a nine pointer. Other than that, Alvarez uh, and Solanke with the goal each. The penalty, obviously, for Alvarez. Ollie Watkins, nothing. Um, so it was, yes, it was just Trent, Socek, Alvarez and Solanke kind of pulled me through to 45 points. Um, and now Cole Palmer is fit again. Yeah. So I'll probably make one more transfer this week. I may now move Shimikas on for Poro because um, he looked lively again yesterday. And um, and then I'm set and then we, we keep going. Yeah, I I don't mind that. All I, what I would say is, don't expect any clean sheets from that. Nah, your bare bones at the back. To be honest with you, and um, and they're in good shape at the moment. But I mean, so. that is, and and there's been a week of it, right? Trent, yellow card, and two bonus. Um, or was mm. it top bonus? Wasn't it? I think top bonus in the Burnley Liverpool yeah, game. Top. Malo Gusto, I was doing a, a, a stream watch along for the patrons Wednesday night, and someone said, Oh, Gusto's on top bonus. Like, I couldn't believe it with, with just the assist. Um, well, they, he did play very well. I know a lot of Chelsea fans thought he was probably their best player the other night. Um, and then Porro, the most astonishing of all last night, two bonus points despite conceding four goals and just getting the assist. Um, it's pretty insane. So, look, we've said it a hundred times this season, right? There's not that many teams keeping clean sheets. Um, one of our patrons said the other day, other than Arsenal, which really makes me want to laugh this morning. Because um, Liverpool have actually conceded, believe it or not, two less goals than Arsenal now this season. Okay. Um, that's not saying go, and go mad for your Canates and stuff like that. But yeah, it's you get these offensive ones. I reflect on the two transfers I've made, which was selling Shimikas for Trent which I didn't quite have because I'd wildcard and left 3.3 in the bank in game week 17. So I was I was quite close to being able to do it, but just needed to make another move. And how pleased am I that I've gone Colwell to Gusto as the other one and started, I started Gusto over Pedro Porro. Now you can do the hindsight and say, oh, you should have started Pedro Porro over Gabriel. But that wasn't an easy call to make. I was just looking at it though and going, okay, could Chelsea keep a clean sheet home to Palace? Yes. Is there any chance for Tottenham clean sheet at Brighton? It feels like none has proven correct. But he's nearly scored last night as well, Porro. So he, it, that easily could have been 11 points, unbelievably, despite conceding four goals last night. So, yeah, it's get these offensive ones. You can. I mean, there's another one. Is about, but there's two. 
that are going to pop back up be interest to people now as well uh, in terms of offensive fullback. So Estupinan's obviously scored a worldie yesterday. Yeah, he did. And he's, he's highly likely to start on Tuesday because Igor Julio has been covering at left back um, has probably got an, a knock last night as well, which is why he actually Estupinan came on at half time. And Alex Moreno is probably going to play a while for Villa now as well because Luca Dean's He's unconfirmed how long, but Unai Emery said after the game the other night, suspected hamstring. That's not normally a three-day job. It's normally you're going to miss a, a little period of time. I mean, Romero was, uh, oh, tight hamstring should be all right for Thursdays, what all the ITKs were saying. Yeah, four to five weeks out. What did I say on Sunday, Serge, about Romero? If he plays, you win. If he doesn't play, you lose. I'd said it a bit more extreme than that. Well, I said yeah. I thought we'd win if he played, and I thought we'd probably get battered if we did. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he was necessarily the uh, reason you lost, though. I mean, there's a little bit. Oh too no, 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 no. We we, we we definitely could it have was lost across anyway. the whole part. But I can't explain yeah. to you how important it is that build up from the back, mm. non-existent without him. So yeah, 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 yeah. So you, you I mean, you you beat me by nine points this week. It was decent, but it's. It's like little bits. There wasn't any one player that particularly um, went crazy. It was like an assist for Sun, Bowen, Gusto, and then their little bits of bonus that kind of chipping away. Um, yeah. And it felt like that's the way of the game at the moment, is chip away. Yeah, and the chipping away has been going well for me since the wild card. It's a, yeah, 54 points for me this week. Gusto, Trent and Alvarez with the tw 24 points of that really handy. Solanke's goal, Bowen's assist, Sun's assist. So blanks from Captain Salah, Dubravka, Gabriel, uh, Watkins. Uh, since I wildcarded, Serge, I will tell you exactly. I've gone from 613k to I now sit at 209. Nice. So good. I've a had a, a good little spell there, yeah, which is nice after a wild card. The last wild card I used was the Liverpool 7 0 against Man United. I got obliterated, right, in one game week. Mm. So nice to have a little jump from that. Yep, indeed. Uh, good, good, good. So um, let's talk about some of these games, shall we? Or do you want to talk about your plans for game week 21st? Yeah, let's just do a little bit on that. I mean, I've got a, I've got a benching headache badly. I know I can't bench boost because I've, I've done it in game week one. I know there are a few going to do it. Just be careful, it's all I'd say, particularly around players who've got, say, three-day turnarounds. So the Wednesday to the Saturdays. So the likes of, like, I feel like an example would be those who gambled on Kunku, it's fine. I think he probably played Wednesday night out of necessity because of Palmer yep. and Sterling suspensions. I wouldn't be certain that he plays tomorrow. Even in Malo Gusto's case, with the tight turnaround, he played Sunday, Wednesday. I wouldn't be surprised if Chelsea went with the four big centre-backs as it's looting away as well. And he used him later in the game. So just have a double... It's not to say don't do it, because for some people, I have seen some benches knocking about and you do think, oh yeah, do it. Ironically, it's probably ones that haven't got Dubravka as well at the moment, because Dubravka away to Liverpool gives you a bit of a, okay, I don't expect anything out of that, so I need my outfield players to do really well. But those who got maybe sort of like Ariola Turner with the two home games, ironically, just looks better. Even though they're challenging Brighton and Manchester United, it just looks a bit better. Just check yourself on the players you've got with the three-day turnarounds particularly. So the players who played last night going into Sunday and stuff like that as well. I think there's probably enough reason to say for the majority, don't do it. And what I would say is if you're unsure, don't do it. But if you've got conviction and you're happy to do it, 
be my guest because there's going to be some really good teams knocking about this week, which is kind of emphasised by my bench because this almost feels like it's bench boostable in terms of what I've got at the moment. So the Bravka in goal, Solanke at Tottenham, which is ridiculous. Gabriel at Fulham also feels ridiculous. They haven't scored in the last three. And Gusto at Luton. That's my bench. So what's your starting week. 11? Ariola. Ariola in goal. Yeah. Trent. Porro, Trent. Hal Torres of Villa, home to Burnley. Saka. Leon Bailey, home to Burnley. Salah, Bowen, Son, Alvarez and Watkins. Mm, I can see where your, your dilemma comes from. Now, I, mean, I don't want to bench Solanke. Because I'll, I'll tell everybody right now, I, I think, and it's not like an overreaction to last night, I think there's every chance Bournemouth will win at Tottenham on Sunday. Mm. They've had two days extra rest and look at us defensively. And they've won. Yeah, and look at them attacking. Exactly. They're the, full, the form team in the league, basically. Mm. Um, yeah, and they're getting players. They're getting players back fit, like Alex Scott. So, so I'm certainly looking at that again. I don't want to bench Solanke. But it's the only one I bench where... I'm. I'm I can't bench Porro, I don't think. Even though I think we might get beat, I can't bench him in a home game. It's absurd. Yeah, agreed. Um, so, I mean, on the face of it, like playing Solanke and benching Leon Bailey will be safer in terms of the less damage it can do me. But then I, I, I feel like happy that I went Gusto over Porro this week mm. and it's paid off. In the end, it's only a small difference, but that's paid off and was kind of a brave call. This feels like I should be the same and... I, I mean, part of having Bailey still come in the wild card was definitely that he played against Sheffield United and played against Burnley. So I don't see which of the rest I could leave out. Saka at Fulham? No. No. They're running that poor boy into the ground at the moment. But I'm half, um... I'm half tempted to, to say Sonny, you know. And Ooh. I know there's people going to captain him this week. Yeah, it's it's mad. I'm like that with but then But then I think if I'm going to leave Sonny out and he's pissing off next week, yeah. I might as well just go and buy Phil Foden now. Yeah. So, but I, I don't think that it's subject to the team news today. With the, the team I've got, I don't know how I can justify making a transfer when I need to get rid of Salah and Son next week. Mm. And I'll have the two threes to, to do it. And that might need to be a part of getting Erling Haaland back, which I'm not desperate to do for Newcastle away. Um, but I'll be conscious that with people having the excess value, if he's available, people are just going to go there straight yeah. away because they'd have the, the excess value of Salah and or Son. Um, but he's not going to be available this week if we trust what Pep said because Pep said it, hopefully back in January and it's still December tomorrow. We should add to that though, by the way. He didn't say which January. <laughs> you don't uh, think he's out for a year? I, I certainly don't think he'll play tomorrow. And captaincy yeah. this week's really interesting. There's so many potential options. Who have you busted on Alvarez? I mean, at Salah, just because I think Newcastle were not in the right headspace. They've actually got the second worst away record. In yeah, the it's horrible. They won one yeah. game, haven't they, away? Yeah, they eight nil at Sheffield United. United. That's eight it. Nil, yeah. So I think Salah for me, I think because that game's like not till Monday as well, probably sensible to have a vice-captain on Saturday. So probably Watkins is a little bit safer vice-captain. But Alvarez, Foden, Son, Richarlison, Salah... Watkins, Arsenal players, loads, but even Bowen against Brighton, right? Yeah. Loads of options for captaincy this week. And I do think it's worth considering captaincy in game week 21, just before people decide what they want to do this week, because it goes from having a shit ton of options this week to looking at game week 21 and going, 
I'm not sure. And I'm, I might even captain, discussed it on COTC yesterday. I might even captain Bowen at Sheffield United in game with 21. Yeah, I don't don't dislike that. Um, obviously, I'd rather I mean, we've lost Paqueta now, so if he was fit, that would make that choice a little bit easier. But we'll know more in the coming days about that. Uh, I may even roll this week, James. I'm lined up with Ariola in goal. My back three: Trippier, Trent, and Gabriel. I'm not a particularly big fan of them playing against each other, but they're attacking fullbacks, so it's fine. My midfield is uh, Charlison, Palmer, Salah, and Diaby, who obviously hasn't been he didn't start this week uh up top i've kept watkins Solanke, and alvarez my bench is uh dubravka socek and then i've got shimikas and um lascelles sitting there so if i was happy to go with no defensive cover i.e if gabriel trent and trippier all play which i think they will then i could roll uh and just have socek as cover the advantage of that is it gives me two going into next week when i can get rid of salah get Holland back. So that's fixes that problem. And if I really wanted to take a hit on a minus four for something else, I can and have like a mini wild card then. Um, you haven't got son of you. No, no, okay, no, yeah. no. So my AFCON problems are, are literally Salah as it stands at the moment. If you, if you get a Shimikas replacement in, who, who was you saying most likely? Pedro Porro. Ah, uh, well, I'd like to go Porro, but also I need some money. So, because I'm not as flush as you are in terms of team value, I'm only at 102 million, which is not great. So, uh, I could go down to Malo Gusto, for example, and just mm. keep it cheap. But then I've got Gusto, Lascelles, Palmer, Socek. It's there's it's a bit meh. I don't think, I mean, with Diaby, I think you probably need to roll the dice and play that tomorrow, but I wouldn't be certain he starts. Yeah, I'm not, and that's why I'm tempted to go Socek over Diaby. I mean, it's still a home fixture for us. Set piece threat, maybe. Yeah, they're vulnerable. Guaranteed they ninety minutes versus thirty minutes of Diaby. I'm not. I'm. I'm really not certain that I'll be playing Diaby over Socek. If I'm honest with you, mate. I take it if you went for Poro, you'd bench trips, would you? Yeah. Yeah. It's always risky. Or play him and bench Diaby and Socek. Bench the both of them, the pair of them. I think if you've got Diaby, just roll the dice of it. Because if he's in the team, there's a potential return. But that that's a problem, I think. Well, mm. while Bailey's fit, that needs dealing with. But there's two weeks after this week to what game week 21. There's no guarantee Leon Bailey will still be fit by then. There's no guarantee he'll still be fit by Saturday. And to go back to the bench boost point, like if you're carrying players like that who you know are just prone to potentially rocking up on a Saturday and, oh, yeah, there's a problem. That That's also needs to be a, an awareness before you activate the bench boost. It's, it's definitely going to be a few bench boosts this weekend. Yeah, agreed. Kind of wish I had a wild card up my pocket at the moment. To be honest with you, there's a few fires I want to... Uh, uh, and for fires. anyone, obviously, who hasn't used their first wild card, please use, use it this that. week. Even if use you just it. make two transfers, use the bloody wild card because it's use it or lose it. Yep. Cool, cool. Let's talk about some of these games and James. Uh, Nuno Espirito Santos. With the most offensive performances put in probably in Premier League history. No, not quite. <laughs> um, I watched the first half hour of this at the, the father-in-laws after the failed attempts to do the deadline stream, which I wanted to smash the father-in-laws house up. <laughs> the internet <laughs> blew out like as literally I was about to hit live. Couldn't believe it. I watched the first half out there and we disappeared to my mum and dad's. I literally, basically, till we sat, scored the penalty. And I went, well, Newcastle will stroll to it from here. 
checked in the car like half hour late and Forrest winning three one up, literally jaw dropped. Couldn't believe it. Um and Chris Wood hat trick. I take it you started him this week, so did you? Of course. <laughs> of course. In my fantasy version of fantasy football. <laughs> do you want to do any wood jokes or no? Are we above that, are we? We're above that. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. Um, brilliantly taken hat trick. The first one obviously can't miss, but his, his two finishes for the second and third yeah. were absolutely great. And you would assume that he'll stay in the team for the foreseeable because of that. They picked a more offensive lineup. Oh, and he's with... not fit yet, is he? No, but I do so know what else are they going to do? Like a false nine with Gibbs White or the, the original expectation on now when he was going to be back around about game week 26. That's been revised actually with hopes that it'll be back in mid January. Right. So that might last literally one more game with Chris Wood. So I wouldn't be. But not if he's scoring, there. like if he, if, if you've got a striker and he's in form and he's scoring, it's, it's stupid to take him out of the team. I think. Well, it means they could ease Awanyi back in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So his actual returns per minutes this year, Chris Wood, it is it's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, he'd had a very, very difficult 2023 in kind of the, the opening part. I don't think he impressed when he went there. He was obviously struggling for, for minutes at Newcastle before that as well. If you deliver for him, he will score goals. We've always thought yeah. that he was even at Burnley. He was regularly someone we could look at as an asset in FPL. I don't think that's an option at the moment. That's probably not even the enabler I'd go to, I don't think. Because I do think if Aaron Yee is going to be back for even game week 21 and they can ease it in, it's still United, Brentford, Arsenal's the next three. It doesn't, doesn't fill with joy. No. And I think Forrest are probably uh, a watch and wait. Back four again, essentially changed the fullbacks this time. Montiel and Aina. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Montiel kind of suddenly reappears quite regularly. It seems like he was a little bit out of favour. And I think Nuno went with the players who were kind of ready. He didn't have a lot of time to prepare last week. Yep. He's probably had a few more days to assess the squad. And it might be that he jumps in ahead with favouritism. Sangari is suspended for the Manchester United game this weekend, which is a bit of a blow. Is um, Mangala injured now? No, it's fine. I I think, as far as I'm aware, he, you'd expect him to maybe yes. come back in. I mean, the team they picked with Danilo, Elanga, Gibbs, White, Hudson, Adoy, and Wood, all in the team. It's pretty offensive. Offensive, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would say so. But it's it's, it's laughable on the Wood's two second goals, uh, the, the second and third goals. You can't see another Forest player in a shot. It's like no one even goes and supports. Just <laughs> going in, mate. Get on with it. I had a few tweets of um, uh, oh, I could hear the Messi music. When uh, Ankara Messi, Ankara yeah, Messi, saw that. for right. Chris Wood, piss off, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit, bit. Uh, I did see a few of those. I thought that was a little bit OTT. over the top. Yeah, um, Still. for Newcastle. Oh. Look, the, the worst bit's over now, in terms of the schedule. So, um, in terms of the spacing, because actually the schedule gets worse. Um, so it's Liverpool way. He's obviously Monday night. So the six-day turnaround, that's handy because they've literally been just pumping on three, four days for all of December, basically. Massive game at Sunderland in the FA Cup third round as well. So that's not, oh, just rest the players in the FA Cup. Newcastle fans are not going to accept that. He'll play a, he'll play a full, full team near enough at Sunderland, I'm pretty sure. Yep, but again, you've got five days from Monday to Saturday. Then it's City at home. Then a bigger gap, Villa away. 
So that's that's Newcastle's January. Liverpool, Sunderland, the North East Derby, Manchester City and Aston Villa. Um, I was having a little chat with Sire, our Newcastle correspondent, a couple of weeks ago. And he, he was saying basically what I'd said a few weeks ago. I'll come back and look at Newcastle in game week 23. Yeah, against Luton. That doesn't mean you have to sell your your trippiers or anything else you've got, not at all. But I certainly wouldn't be looking at them for the next few weeks. Trippier might become expendable, but I guess a lot of people with him are going to land with money in the bank. They're going to cut cut Trippier as well, who is is an offensive threat in any game. He's not played well this month, but I think now the spacing's okay. He'll be fine for minutes. Lascelles is not going to play much now because. Shares fit, Botman's fit. Well, he himself the, is not fit, so he himself he is he's not fit. The only suggestion is for more than um, yeah. The only suggestion not, is but, he yeah. probably won't make the Liverpool game, but I don't think he'd start in any case. And similarly, Livermore owners are going to need to have a a look as well at what they do because I think the first choice back four will be Trippier, Share, Botman, Burn. It's it's back in place. Um, be interesting to see now what will happen with. Isak Wilson, because actually, ironically, the run's ended and actually it doesn't feel like there's that many injuries now. The majority are back. But what I would also say, and I warned about this when it happened, that Nick Pope injury is massively destabilizing for mm. them. And they need to just try and get through January and then hit the ground running in, in February. They've obviously got no European competition to worry about or anything like that. They'll have a go at the FA Cup, no doubts. But yeah, they're a complete void for a while, I think. And yeah, there's every consideration to even be selling trips. Yeah, I was while, about I to say, like, I, I, it's not out of my thoughts at the moment to move him on just because the budget's there, right? I mean, when but, I yeah, move but Salah where? on... No, I know. But when I move Salah on, remember, I've got less team value. So when I move Salah on to get Haaland back, if I wanted to go Diaby to Foden, for example, I need to find a little bit of money or any even... From um, let's say Richarlison back to Bowen, or to get to any of these seven millions from these six millions, you're not um, Jared Bowen. No, I sold Roaring him drugs. No ago. way. Yeah, I sold him a few weeks ago. <laughs> Why when did you do I, that? I, I sold him when he got injured. When did you that? When he had the fluid on the knee. Oh yeah, the fluid on the knee. Did he miss any games? Yeah, he did. He missed one. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Regrets. I could, but... I've had a few. Yeah, I mean, he's, <laughs> he, he blanked, obviously. He picks up the assist only, uh, sorry, this week. But he's been chipping away nicely. I, I do want to get back to Jared Bowen. But when we had Man United and Arsenal, it just never felt like it was a, a priority, really, to get back to him. I can't um, believe you. So you've been without him since, what, game week 13 is the game week you missed. You've been without him all that time. Quite a while, yeah. I mean, he's not gone mad over that period. No, he hasn't gone mad, but he has been scoring points, mate. Um, trips. I, I think it's it's one of them where it's like, okay, well, if if he's not going to get me any returns, look, do you know how many points he's scored in the last five weeks combined, James? Trips, the one or two, three. Bloody hell! So at that point, six point eight million, and I've just added Trent to my squad, who's obviously the most pricey defender in the game. Going down to Poro and just freeing up that one point two million um, could be quite useful. But that's not your biggest problem, is he? Because Shimikas and the cells sitting there and. Diaby. Yeah, no, I I get that, but I could just leave them, leave them be. It's, I don't need fifteen. Point being right, there's three bad fixtures for Newcastle. And it feel like a long time, right? After this, it's going to feel ugly, right? Between game week twenty and game week twenty two is basically a month. There's only one game week in the middle because of the the winter break and the FA Cup fixtures on either side of of that game week and the League Cup semis as well. 
But you've basically got three problems in your squad, really. Uh, Diaby's not a long-term hold for you. Shimikas mm-hmm. is injured. Lascelles is injured. Salah's going to be your fourth problem, right? Because he's going to AFCON. So there's four players there you're going to want to move on, right? Newcastle have three bad fixtures. Mm. Then it comes back around. Okay, handy. So I think in your circumstance, you probably keep him. Yeah. And just and just roll with it. Let's talk about Bournemouth three, Fulham nil. Um, we talk about Fulham haven't scored in three games. What's the latest on Raul Jimenez? Will he be back, ready for Spurs? Back from ready for Spurs. Isn't oh sorry, what am I talking about? Bournemouth. I'm I'm half asleep this morning, mate. Um, will he be ready for uh who are they playing next? Arsenal. Week? Remind me. Oh, yeah. Yes. Thankfully. It is ironic. Um that that that's the that's the denominator, isn't it? Between those but great results and, is there a and the recent ones. Well, I think William as well, to be fair. And also Tim Ream, from a leadership perspective, has been missing the last few. But I think it missed a couple when they was having those big victories as well. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure Jimenez will come back in the team at the weekend. Tim Ream's not far away, by the way. He, he could be back for the, the Chelsea game in game, which 21 seems to be the, the thinking at the moment. Yeah, but having William, I don't know what the situation is with William's reported hamstring. But I don't know if it's because uh, of his age resting stuff or if he's going to be close or not. I know he had a failed period at Arsenal, but I think he's been pretty good for Fulham. And I think yes. they've missed him. I think they've missed him yep. the last few games. He draws people to him, you know that. Even if he doesn't do anything in the game, he's not the sort of player you want to leave yourself one-on-one. Because even at his age, he can take you on. He can go either way. And obviously his delivery is really good. Mm. So he draws people to him that allows space for others. He's, he's just not a, as much of a, a threat in the sense of moved Iwobi that side. And Iwobi's been playing right for them as well, but Iwobi was doing better off the right. So you've almost lost both sides now. Yeah. So if they can get that fix where it's back to like William Jimenez and uh, Iwobi back to the right, will be better for them. Um, but they've ended up getting well beat here. What did you make of the, uh, the Leno incident? We were talking about it last night when I was in the pub with... Um with a few of my mates, ball boys. Um, Our cheeky you... little shits. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah, basically. But then... Like, I was and talking, they can I, get away with I, it. There was a night, though, when we played Sevilla um, in the in the Europa League, like, they were amazing, the ball boys. Like, they gave the ball to West Ham in seconds when Sevilla had throw-ins and corners they just sat on their ass and didn't even get off and then go and take, <laughs> pick the fucking ball up yourself. And as a fan then, I was like... Do what you got to do because we need to win this game. And they were they were excellent that night at being little shits, as you just call them. So <laughs> they'd piss me off if I was an away team. So yeah, I don't know. Is it is it just part of part of it was being it was a really dumb team? thing to do though. Yeah, yeah, don't as a as a play. Don't push a, a ball boy. Don't raise your hand. Don't do anything well, like just that. Don't of course, put your he shouldn't do it. He shouldn't do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't get me wrong. He shouldn't do it. Do you, do you think though it's just part of being the away team that you got to put up with that kind of thing where uh, sometimes sometimes get a towel and they dry the ball and all that kind of stuff, or do you think it should be a case of there should be a standard that they all need to um, well, I think, behave uh, to? The, the adding of the adding of more balls the ball around them. the pitch. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a circumstance at Bournemouth because it's obviously the stands are a little bit tighter and stuff, but the more balls around the side of the pitch should eliminate a lot of the stuff that ball boys have to do. Anyway, right? Well, they just sit there on the cone, and it's whether or not the ball boy gets off his ass and throws the ball to the player, or just. Yeah, but if, if a player's going to the ball on the cone, then the ball boy doesn't need to get up, right? 
I think it's it's part of playing away from home, isn't it? Yeah, I, like, I, like I, should I it be fair or whatever? No, not necessarily. But I think it's also up to on the day, like a referee to pull out and go, hang on, there's two teams here, and I've got to treat them fairly, and they're not being treated fairly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, by people who are meant to be assisting the game, if you will. But yeah, no, you know, if you're a, if you're a ball boy, right? Here's me. If I'm if I'm sitting there as a ball boy, and let's say there's an away team player and he, he's coming towards me and he wants to take a quick throw in, I'm I'm probably going to slip the ball the other way or something, right? Yeah, yeah. What's the worst? What, what am I going to do? Get booked? <laughs> like, yeah. What's the worst that's yeah. going to happen? Yeah. I'm going to get told I've got to move. Well, I'll help my team if I can. So yeah. I think you're always going to get a little bit. You of know, that. I put it in the same yeah, bracket man. of all this, like holding your head when you go down, like just all these dark hearts of slowing the game down that the, the likes of the Brentfords of the world are particularly good at. It just fits into that same category and you've got to manage it. Yeah. At the end of the day, you've got to manage it and you've got to know what you're going into and have a, a game plan and a strategy for it. So um, don't raise your hands on, on anybody I think is, is a given. And I do just think it's part of the game a little bit. Yeah. Uh, move on to Bournemouth. Um, Cut the notes. Obviously, Dango Tara at left back again. Mm. Um, that's probably not going to be a problem at, at at Tottenham on the weekend if that's what it comes to. I would I suspect Max Evans is back fit as well, so he might even play on the right, and Adam Smith can play on the left hand side. I'm sure Evans. Do you think it's not going to be a problem well. because Brennan Johnson's um, a bit pony? You said that, not me. Oh, okay, but I'll I'll happily rip the shreds out of him on a Patreon pod later today. Um, okay. Yeah, he, he's not my favourite person at the moment, Brennan Johnson at all. I, I um, heard. Uh, I know we won't get distracted, but I'm going to chuck it in now because I don't think we will anywhere else. I heard on a radio phone, and someone said, um, "Was it part of the transfer agreement that he need to leave his bollocks in New in Nottingham Forest because that guy pulls out a tackles. so timid." He's so he timid. pulls out of tackles like nobody's business. But uh, yes, anyway, uh, Adam Smith may go to the left. Uh, yeah, that's something that they, they could do, which would probably be more suitable if sort of Kulizewski play out that side again. You've got that natural right footer from left back coming in with a left footer who wants to come infield all the time. Kulizewski, of course, is suspended for another Tottenham absentee uh, for that game on Sunday at White Lane. Solanke's the main talking point here, isn't he? And I think we should note the following. Tottenham away, it is away. Liverpool at home, West Ham away. He's not a good free fixtures at all. Then Forest at home, then Fulham away, Newcastle away, and Manchester City at home. I don't want to bench him this week. I feel like I've got to. I also think for other people, it might be a really, really solid play to sell him. I think that's expendable looking at those fixtures. You look at it and go, he's done great for me. He's consistent. What is he? I think he's got the most goals in the league now that's non-penalty. Um, I called him Watkins Light a couple of weeks ago, and that feels appropriate, I think. Mm. He's just a, a little bit of level below, playing in a team who's not going to get quite as many goals as Aston Villa, doing great. And that's not to say that anybody should sell him. I'm not saying that at all. But I do think there's a case to say, well, he's had a great run here. The power play here is to move it on to someone else who might be coming into a good set of fixtures. And I know the one everyone's looking at right now is Alvarez, but that's only a short-term decision. Yeah, and there's plenty that still own Alvarez, though. Um, Hi. He's ready for me. Like, I need to make a decision of who goes for Holland. Solanke may be the one. I'm going to bench Dominic Solanke this week, I think, and I'll be surprised if he doesn't score at the weekend. Let me put it that way. 
Um, just one other little note on them because it might be relevant for the Liverpool game, obviously, because they played a game short. Um, they can still have players suspended. So Marcus Senna size on four yellow cards. If he missed the Liverpool game, that would be a big blow. And obviously you're playing a game they like... They played the game short. Yeah, the Luton game didn't happen, right? Oh, so they uh, so oh, played one less game. That's what you The mean. yellow card amnesty for five yellow cards yeah, is yeah, yeah. 19th game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Bournemouth, right. Luton, Manchester City, Brentford have only played 18. So they've got one more game to get yeah, through. Yeah, I think game. from the four teams, he's basically going to be the only one that might kind of matter, basically. Um, so Marcus Sennesai, if he got booked this week, would miss the Liverpool game. They are on an incredible run. They'll be flying with confidence. They won at Tottenham last season as well. They'll come for us with two days extra rest. Yeah. And they may, they may, honestly, they may very well beat us at the weekend. So, by the way, for the majority of people, just play Solanke this weekend would be the real advice. I don't think there's much else to look at from them, despite yeah. the run, because of that fixture does turn rough again. They've now got almost a repeat of what they had at the start of the season. It, it looks grim from a fixture perspective, but they're doing absolutely great. Are they 10th now, Such? They are. Yes. They've uh, crept up. Brilliant. Just, uh, just and to think if, if they'd have lost uh, to Burnley. No, James, they're 12th. They've they're dropped. 12th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're close enough though, aren't they? Like points-wise, uh, well, they must nearly be there. Yeah, it's all po- the points are the same from 10th to yeah. them. Chelsea, Wolves, Bournemouth are all on the same points. Chelsea it's amazing just have a to think if they'd have lost that game to Burnley, they might have... They might. Well, we don't know, but there was a lot, big suspicion that they'd change manager if they'd have lost that game. And look at them now. They'll, they'll be delighted. And the way they set up is probably not good for Tottenham on Sunday either. No. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Uh, talking about league position, we had a bottom of the table clash and uh, Luton ended up coming up Trump's 3-2 away at Sheffield United. A uh, bit of a yo-yo game in the end, but Luton yeah, will be super we, happy we, to to come away and, and win it. We watched most of this, particularly the second half, because obviously Bournemouth got clear against Fulham. I say we, I'm talking about me and my dad, obviously. Yeah, this was fun. And I mean, bizarre goals in the second half. Um, Amir Hodzic's goal after, I don't know how Archer doesn't put it over the line himself from a bit of a mad scramble. And then the two own goals, bloody hell. Of his first team in Premier history, I think there's 
scored two own goals in the last 15 minutes and lose or something like that, I think. Oh, wow. So, okay. Absolute... I thought you were about to say scored two own goals. That's not true. There's plenty that have done that. Oh, no, no, no. To no, score this, in the last 15, two own goals. Know, and Val Fass says hello. He's like, what about me? I, you know, I did it all by myself last season. Um, yeah, massive win for Luton. I'm completely demoralising, I think, for Sheffield United being in front. Both teams, the thing is, because the way it is at the bottom, both teams would go into this thing, got to win got to win oh 100 probably luton would maybe go okay it's a way game point but probably both thinking got to win um and actually the two teams have decent runs coming up it won't feel like it for Sheffield united because they've got manchester city away but then afterwards the run's not too bad games like palace away and luton away the reverse fixture because obviously all these fixtures that are played this weekend are repeated in game week 24 they'll feel like they can get points in west ham at home villa at home brighton at home are actually games where it's a different beast for you, isn't it? Going to Sheffield United than going to Arsenal with a weird roundabout yeah, yeah, way. Yeah, because the possession will be completely the opposite. So it's not a terrible run. And Luton's run is he's better. Similarly, you know, Chelsea, Brighton at home, the return against Sheffield United, Manchester United, four of the next six are, are at Kenilworth Road. And they've got a trip to Burnley in game week 21, which they'll fancy themselves in as well. Um, marvellous. And they've Canberra. got momentum. I think the biggest thing for Luton now is a little bit of momentum. Like beating Newcastle now, beating yeah. Sheffield United. You feel like you're getting on a rhythm. And um, when you're um, when you're winning, you raise your game. You, you have that little bit more uh, energy and you're just kind of on, on it a little bit more. It just adrenaline is there. And the gap now as well. Like I just think in the table... You're looking Luton up to Crystal Palace is one victory, three points. Yeah, and I always Palace think, are where can looking... you get to? Where can you get to with one win? And it's like, okay, it, it was a case of all well, Everton are completely safe, and it's only Forest that can get dragged back in. Not anymore. You think Palace, Everton, and Forest are all within one victory of being caught by Luton. That raises your your um kind of motivation. I wouldn't and, be and worried about Everton well. unless they walked into injuries. I wouldn't be long-term, but I've had that said about my team so many times and we've been so shit. They're, they're too good to go down. I, I don't, I hate that phrase. I just hate it because I've had had it heard so much, so many times about my team. And I know it's not true because the pressure of the scoreboard can really start to get to you. I think Everton won't go down, but the numbers don't lie, James. They're, they're, they're only one point off the relegation. I'm, I'm absolutely zone. certain Everton won't go down. Even if they lost the next Famous four or five last games. Words. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. Bring it up and I apologise to Everton fans in the summer if they go down. I, I, I don't think they'll go. Even if, they, like I said, if they lost the next few and then went back in the bottom three, I'm not worried for them. They'll pick up too many points against even in difficult fixtures. They're going to give teams a, a, a problem. We'll, we'll talk about them a bit more. I would say that about Leicester, I would say. Even when they were yeah, floating but around. Look at Everton have got about the fifth best defensive record in the league, Serge. Le- le- look at Leicester last year, right? Well, they've got to win three goals to win a game. That doesn't have to be the case for Everton. Um, for Luton, Marvellous Nakamba may have picked up a significant knee injury as one's keeping an eye on. We haven't got the information on that yet. Um, obviously, Sambi Lukonga uh, has been covering in midfield in any case. Um, we've also had this really interesting thing that's kind of gone a bit under the radar, I, I feel unless everybody completely sold him weeks ago, well, maybe months ago. He's obviously Adebayo's playing all the games now ahead of Colton Morris. Morris had a big yeah. impact later on in the game, which certainly helped Luton, but I'm not convinced that will change. Issa Kabore is another one of those on four yellows. Now, that one probably won't feel like as much of a big deal, but they've got Burnley away in 21. 
So that's the game we'd miss. If you're carrying in a Cabore's and your Salah's sons, etc., then it's a problem. But I presume Cabore's going to go to AFCON anyway, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming so. Many many of the, the African nations announced their squads over the last 48 hours or so. It mightn't be all of them, actually. Um, and I didn't note him as a name that was missed. I'm sure he'll be Ivory Coast, I think he is, Issa Kabori. Yeah. So I'm sure he'll go to AFCON anyway. So that's another one. I don't know. What do you do with a player like that? Like if you've got him and Salah son and say kudos, what well, he, he's just going to stay there, isn't he? Yeah. You're just going to have to lump it, I think. Um, for Sheffield United, I said he's major, major Ivory blow. Coast, James. What's that? He's not Ivory Coast. Who's, where's he from? Just a little quiz. Go on, have a guess. Not Ivory Coast. That's my guess. He is Burkinabe, which is how you call people from Burkina Faso. Burkina Faso. So he's a well, Burkinabe. That shows me. I bet he's in their squad. He is, James. Yeah, he's got to be. Um For Sheffield United, um, problems going into this weekend. This is the bit that's probably going to matter. Oh, yeah, maybe I do want Manchester City assets. Uh, Armin Hodzic and Harmer, obviously both suspended for this one. James oh, Mac. Yeah. being out as game over. Well, I, do you know what? They obviously didn't start him at Villa. And as mm. I said, she had, on Sunday, as soon well. as he came on, they started playing a bit of football. McAtee is the other player who's who's really tidy on the ball. He's ineligible because he? he's yeah. on loan. Now, they get Jaden Bogle back, and I think that probably adds weight till they'll probably go to, I wish, I should imagine, they'll probably go to a back five again. So it might be uh, LaRussi comes in left wing back, maybe. It might even give a start to Norrington Davis, who was back in the squad at the weekend, who is left back by trade, but he hasn't played football for about a year. I mean, that's some introduction. Go and play against Bernardo Silva. How do you fancy that? So I imagine they'll go sort of 5-4-1. We should... It's not to put anybody off if you want a captain like Alvarez or Foden's this weekend. It's it's fine. But we have trodden this path already this season, right? Sun versus Sheffield United. Watkins versus Sheffield United. Both very popular captaincies. Both didn't return. Um, And I wouldn't be hugely shocked if Alvarez was... I can't leave him out, could I? But... no. I wouldn't be hugely shocked if he ended up with a two-pointer where he just struggles for opportunities because he'll go into low blocks. So, But we do know he's taking penalties while Haaland is not out. And he does take a yeah, number of set got, pieces as well. still got to get a penalty. People act like penalties are given like for every game and stuff. Ask a Bournemouth fan. We should have mentioned that. They had oh, yeah. their first penalty on, on Saturday since black and white television. So now you know that you're a big club now, Bournemouth. Now you know you've got a penalty. So... Look, Sheffield United are going to go low, low block. I'm sure they'll get beat at Manchester City, but they're probably going to make it ugly. I don't see City getting six or sevens or shit like that. That's my point. I'm sure they'll win comfortably. No, they struggled but... in the first game against City. I say struggled. They didn't go crazy in the first game against Sheffield United, did no, they? No, Rodri came up clutch and scored a, a late wow. winner in that fixture. We, we shouldn't compare that, though, because obviously it's different manager Away in place home. now. But yeah. I think they're in a better place with Chris Wilder. I imagine they'll go 5-3-2 slash 5-4-1, one or the other. Obviously, McBurney and Archer did play this one. Looked like a little bit more in in partnership. I presume most people would bench in Archer this week. That's one, if you're looking out on your bench, you're probably not thinking, I want to bench boost this week. I shouldn't imagine. Uh, Liverpool beat Burnley 2-0. Comfortable away win. I mean, Burnley had a few chances, but overall, you're thinking Liverpool are going to do the business. Um, bare bones up top, though, so... People that started Nunes finally got some points. Yay. Yeah, brilliant goal, by the way. Um, and Cody Gakpo. I, I like Cody Gakpo. 
I can see my I can see him working his way to be the new Firmino more than I can see Darwin Nunes doing that. Um, I, had, I had a rumor this morning about Firmino going back now. Oh wow! Um, okay, only a rumor. It was just something I saw in passing. Um, but apparently, might be leaving Saudi Arabia. Maybe. Okay. Can't say I blame um, him. Oh, I don't know. Uh, but yes, look, they had uh, missing players, right? No Sabochlai um, in midfield as well is is difficult. And then you're missing the likes of Diaz and Jota and so on and so on. But they've they've done what they needed to do. They've gone top of the league. Just quietly keep going about their business to, to, to Liverpool. Yeah, look, if, if not for James Trafford, Liverpool would have won this more handsomely. That said, there was one or two, I'm going to say scary moments, but let's yeah, say concerning moments Burnley. at 1-0, yeah. Couple of, I mean, particularly the Goodmanson head. I what's an opportunity that is if it falls for one of the front so probably probably gets scored. Um, as I said many times on Burnley, like the team's getting a bit more settled now. Um, but in a weird way, I look at Watkins this weekend against them, and I feel like that's almost better than when I captained him against Sheffield United last week. That's that's almost how it feels. You feel like you'll definitely get chances against these. That's that's the difference. So I do think. It's been overlooked, I think, because the blank against Sheffield United. I think Watkins is a reasonable shout for captaincy this week again. Um, settled team, though, for Burnley is beginning to help. James Trafford is beginning to play well in goal. That's that, that's helping him. The last few games has kept a number of saves. There's about 15 across the last two games or something. Foster being back is also a, a benefit and a bonus for them as well. Villa, Manchester City and Liverpool are their next three away games. So there's something there for fantasy managers to to be looking at and keeping an eye on. The two home games that they have will be massive. Luton in 21 and Fulham in 23. For Liverpool, I thought Gerard Cranston did really well at centre-back, which for anyone who's gone Canate feels like you want to slap yourself in the face. And I'm pretty sure a few would have gone from Shimikas to Canate. I I considered that sort of move. So someone's definitely done that. I'm sure Canate is going to come back in the team and play regularly enough. I think what they've decided with him is because Matip's a long-term injury, that where they can leave him out in some of these good fixtures, they might just do it, you know. Which yeah, then, he has been injury-prone, Canatis. Well, exactly. They need him to stay fit. So it might be that in some of Liverpool's better fixtures that he possibly gets left out. So I, I look at things like Burnley in game week 24, the return fixture, and he might get left out again. On Joe Gomez, obviously going to cover for Shimikas at left back. It's a fractured clavicle for Shimikas. So so I don't know what the timeline is on that, but I I don't think he's going to be returning for you anytime soon, unfortunately. Andy Robertson could pretty much be any time. It won't be Monday, but after that, it could be pretty much any time. So Gomez short term is certainly a dangerous one as well. Uh, You're right to say, obviously, to give Shaboshlai a rest. Uh, Gakpo played to the left of Nunes which is interesting um, because I think it says to us, right, Nunes is going to play the majority of games through the middle. I saw the team and thought Nunes would play left. Yeah, I did... mean, that's what most people would thought. They did it as uh, with him through the middle. Uh, Mo Salah, if I know Mo Salah, greedy little shit that he is, he'll be desperate to score on Monday before he goes to AFCON. Um, and that's my most likely cap to see for this week. Shabosla will obviously come back in. Luis Diaz is fit. So obviously was part of assisting the winning goal, which was also scored by Diogo Jota, who's back at pretty good timing, really, for Liverpool. With obviously Salah going to AFCON. They need those four players over yeah. the month for January, particularly considering they've got the Carabao Cup semis as well, right? 
So there'll be minutes for all of them. I think there's every chance they might just get rotated literally like in a circle where it'd be like, right, three games for you, you're out. Three games for you, you're out and rotate it around because they're all multifunctional, right? All of those four players, you could play anywhere across the front line. I realise Diaz is far better on the left than on the right, but you could play him there on the right. If you're yeah, going to play him. He's talented you, enough. Yeah, but Jota can play anywhere across the front three as well. He's dirty, lowly owned, obviously, Diogo Jota. Um, and I think that's an interesting differential. But I, I yeah, don't. Yeah, I like Jota. Whenever it, I've owned him in fantasy, yeah. he's always scored me points. I, like, I do like him. I don't think I'd buy him this week, though. But I think no. he might be one, if he has a good game week 20, it might be one we look at going into game week 21. We go, okay, actually, he might be the one to stand in for Salah. I think you'd be concerned that he's such a short-term move. Once you hit 21, it's Bournemouth away. You're obviously in good run. Chelsea at home, despite whatever you say about him, you don't really foresee that being a battering. Then they go to Arsenal. Then Salah might be back for the Burnley return. So... Yeah, it, it may just be a, a short-term move, but then that holds the value as well. You could just go, right, I'll go Salah Jossa for the three games and whenever Mo's back, I'll just, I'll just I'll change that back, back if if you want to. On Trent, many of you who'd listened to me really will know, I, I'd said last Sunday that what changed for me was Shimikas's injury. And it was clear to me that obviously in the game the other night, he's just on even more set pieces now and stuff. So uh, he's not in must-get territory, but... We certainly are in the territory now where he's going to begin to hurt yeah. if you don't have him. And as kind of as I explained last Sunday, where there might be the case where we don't want to go back to a Salah or a Son because they may end up blanking in game week 26 and may not be back till game week 25. Then I think for the majority of people moving that money, they're going to look at doing it. I, I see people who have not gone down there looking at minus fours. So like, oh, I've got to get it fixed. I've got to get it sorted and stuff. I don't think it's desperation, but as I said, it is going to, it is going to start hurting. Most people are going there now and pretty much any return. It looks like he's going to put him in a bonus because of where he's moving it. He's got so much involvement. Yeah. And he's so creative with what he does in terms of his key passes and stuff. If he's now on more set pieces as well with Shimikas gone, yeah, it's going to be a, a dangerous one to to go back. You're already there, aren't you, Serge? Comfortably, yeah. Would you consider him for captaincy this week? Uh, no. no. I, no. I think, I think Newcastle has... are good enough to nick a goal with the likes of Isak and stuff, so I wouldn't consider him for captaincy. I'd want a, a more of a higher percentage clean sheet. I think if he hauls this week, a lot of people will captain him in game with 21. Mm-hmm. And he's one that we can consider that week, I think. You, you were well, talking about problems in game at 21. You didn't mention his name at the start of the show. He was there in the back of my mind as yeah. maybe go to him. Sometimes I wish it was, the, wish it was Bournemouth the, at home rather than Bournemouth away. But yeah, I think he could be considered, absolutely. Uh, Man United 3, Aston Villa 2. Game of two halves, James. Strange it's a, game. It's a, it's a game of two halves. <laughs> really strange game. Like I don't, I never felt like Villa warranted being 2-0 up. And I never really felt like United warranted the comeback either. It was a really strange game. Um, so it wasn't quite kind of a, a game of two halves in that sense. I think uh, United should enjoy the victory. I know we've kind of slammed them most weeks and stuff. So look, you're yeah, down, you win 3-2. Absolutely enjoy yourself. Um, you deserve to. All the other stuff kind of around it doesn't matter. I think there's it's still papering over cracks quite a little bit. Uh, but a few things different in this game. 
So Wambisak obviously at right back, Dallo coming at left back. Luke Shaw's absence, we think Minor could even be back for uh, Nightingham Forest tomorrow. Kobe Minor played, and he's kind of mainly been playing in the away games rather than the home games. Um, it was interesting when he got subbed. I don't want to pull him out, but he got subbed at the same time as Rashford, and Rashford went off the pitch. And uh, you know, it, it, I thought Marcus Rashford played fine the other night, but he came off the pitch. And I don't know if the camera just panned away at the wrong time, but he didn't look like he visibly applauded the fans. Now, if he did, I apologise for that, but this is how it appeared on the TV. And the camera panned to Mino was coming off and Mino was clapping hard and trying to G everyone up to say, like, stay with the team and stuff. And you're thinking, you know, fair, fair dues, you're a young boy. Maybe the the more well-known players should should be doing similar. I get that his confidence is probably on the floor at the moment, Rashford. He was better the other night. So uh, Fernandes and Eriksen played more advanced than that. Eriksen playing is good for Fernandes when United have the ball because it's another player who's got the creative vision. It's not just all about shouting Fernandes. You don't want to give Ericsson time. Give Christian Ericsson time. He'll pick you apart as well. You want to put pressure on him. So I think Ericsson being back is is good news for Fernandes. It's not great defensively though. Christian Ericsson playing for Manchester United possibly makes him a bit weaker defensively. Probably the most interesting one is obviously the the makeup of the front three in terms of its organisational change. So I thought Hoyland might miss out this game. Uh, and I'm pleased he scored his first goal because I, I think he's looked like Legal. a willing player who's just been a bit unfortunate, to be honest. And he took the goal really well. So Rashford played on the left and Garnacho moved to the right. And I think this is part of trying to find something in Marcus Rashford at the moment, get the best down. This is where he wants to play, right? We hadn't really seen much of Garnacho on the right in previous games. And he did well out there. He he's right-footed, is, isn't he? He is right-footed. Yeah. 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 So kind of, I know everybody plays inverted wingers these days, um, but there are times where it's just like, if you're a right-footer on the right, you just whip the ball in. It's just that little bit easier to do but, certain things. I don't what, think Garnacho has much of a left foot either. What that front three is, if that stays together, Garnacho, Hoyle and Rashford, and, and we can't guarantee that, right? Ten Hag spent a lot of money on Anthony, for example. But if it was to stick like that, and it, I think I don't see any reason why it would change from Tuesday night to Saturday for it not to get another shot, give it another shot and not in the forest. More importantly, because I know people certainly be looking at Garnacho, right? Was he 4 7 such? Uh, yeah, it's cheap. I'll tell you the exact price, James. I'll look him up. Manchester, I think what, yeah. what makes him really interesting is say you've four, got. Seven. Say you're like me and you've got someone like Bailey, right? who has, has done fine for me, right? And, I, and I, I'm pleased that I've got him going into this game week. But I know he's probably not my long term as kind of a fifth midfielder, if you will. Making a move in 21, such as Salah to Garnacho, might sound ridiculous. But it then means when you want to come back to Mo, you're moving the different enabler. And you might have a stronger one in place. Now, Garnacho comes with risk longer term. I think Anthony itself, Rashford's form, these are all things that can affect him in terms of his minutes. And Man but, United being rubbish. Yeah, but he's a little live wire in them. Yeah, he is. Right? I gambled him at the start game week one, and he was awful in that game against Wolves. I don't know how we even made it to half time. He was so far off it. But the confidence seems to be in with him now, and I think he really feels like a part of the team. I think he's beginning to feel like not a kid in the team. I think he's beginning to feel like he's part of the team. And that's growing in terms of his confidence and his responsibility of what he's doing with things. And I think the manager now trusts him a little bit more in terms of his work off it as well. 
The reason why I mentioned Garnacho in terms of like a move from like Salah, and it might sound ridiculous, is not just what I said about moving perhaps a bad enabler, it's that who they're playing in game week 21. That front three will destroy us. Uh, let me tell you right now, I've I've dug Manchester United out a lot for the way they play. And you know what I think about the way we attempt to play. I'm telling you that if the two teams, if they line up like that, and my team rocks up with what we had at Brighton last night, they will murder us. Honestly. Ooh. They'll get three or four against us. And I think that as well makes Garnacho particularly really, really interesting because it's timing. It's timing. After that, there's some more trickier fixtures. Wolves, West Ham, Villa being right. We'll use him as an enabler. Then 25 is looting away. 26, Fulham at home during a blank. If Fulham don't make the Carabao Cup final. But when you're losing players in game week 26 as well, because it's probably going to be Liverpool, Chelsea, Tottenham blank in game week 26 if Liverpool, Chelsea make the final. Having Garnacho as the fifth midfielder at home to Fulham in game week 26 feels quite Useful. attractive yeah, as well. I, I do think that's a good strategy. Yeah. So... I think he's going to come into real consideration for me. He is as much consideration for game week 21 for me as the likes of Odegaard, Foden going to Newcastle and stuff like that. And it might be that I feel different about it come Sunday, but I'm so confident, unfortunately, that Manchester United will beat us in game week 21. They'll have so much fun on the counter-attack. It suits them. It's like going back to Oli Solskjaer ball, right? We can mm. sit in, be a bit more protective of it. I don't think they defend badly in that those circumstances, actually. It's when on, on transition they get turned over, they're in big trouble. When they counter-attack themselves, they're still a dangerous outfit. I think Garnacho at 4.7 is really, really interesting. Do you think Villa are going to mix it up? I mean, they, they had three, uh, I wouldn't call them holding midfielders, but when you got McGinn, Louise and then Donker in there, that's kind of, normally they've been playing with two holders and maybe three attackers in front, like just McGinn and Louise, for example. Um, what What's behind moving McGinn further forward ahead of like a Diaby in that position, for example? Do you think it will revert back to just McGinn and, and, and Louise and, and get Diaby back in the team? Or do you think McGinn is now going to be the solution to... So, so unfortunately, because the deadline stream failed, it's only my patrons will know this, but that's the 11 I predicted he'd go with. Right. With then Donker in it as kind of a... Oh, that would be a bit of a surprise. I just wasn't sure whether they'd play McGinn or Ramsey as the 10. And that was on reflection of what I'd said after Sheffield United was he won't have liked the, the moving parts of the puzzle. There wasn't enough movement. It was only really when Bailey and Diaby overlapped positioning. Otherwise, there wasn't. They've normally got three or four different parts within the team that move. Mm. And they couldn't do that with the setup of Bailey, primary Cash and Diaby all together in the same team. And obviously, Bubakar Kamara, was a miss. And I'd said going into the Sheffield United game, play your Villa assets because what I think he'll do is he'll just go, well, it's Sheffield United at home. I think I can get away with this. And I bet you he regrets it. I bet you he regrets, honestly, not playing the, someone like a Dendonka against Sheffield United. Therefore, I think something like this might stick against Burnley. Now, we might do the same thing and go, well, they're so open on turnovers that having Diaby up with Watkins and Bailey wide perhaps with a more defensive right-back like Esri Konza, because I'm assuming Matty Cash, I saw him go off late in the Sheffield United game, clutching his arm in the same way Shimikas was. So I'm presuming there'll be some sort of update later today to say he's in trouble as well. So perhaps with Konza at right-back, 
the return of Pal Torres, who was on the bench as well, might mean that, yes, Diaby, Bailey might both play together. And again, I think in your circumstances, I think you should you should play. But wouldn't see him leaving Ramsey out. Wouldn't see him leaving Louise out. So then it's, does he want to play Dindonka again in this sort of game or not? Now, because Cash is absent, he, again, he might go, actually, don't mind. I'll go McGinn back in midfield with Louise. We'll have that real slant that we always used to talk about with Villa with Alex Moreno pushing up down the left-hand side. And it might be that Bailey and Diaby just alternate in terms of right wing and, and centre forward to join Watkins. So there's a few oh, cool. different things they can do. And when they're a little bit less predictable, they're a bit better, by the way, Aston Villa. I think the re- the return of Pau Torres will be a, a bonus. Um, I'm pretty sure he'll, he'll play this weekend. I've obviously got him in my FPL team. I'd, I'd be very surprised. As he was a sub on Tuesday, wasn't it? I'd be very surprised if he doesn't start. Moreno is the really interesting one. Really interesting. I, there'll be a number of people listening or watching on Wildcard. I think you should go for him. Okay. Yeah. Uh, throw, throw him in. Throw him in with Porro and Trent if you're on Wildcard and have some fun with those three. Malo Gusto and then pick your other one. Gabriel Trent. probably. And that, that's your back five Trent. on Wildcard, I think. Yeah. yeah. Trent, Porro, Moreno, Gusto and Gabriel. I think, and you're going to find yourself having weeks where you leave Gabriel out, which is going to feel shit. Um, But yeah, I'd gamble him. Villa's fixture run is really good. Really good up to the FA Cup quarterfinals. So I think I'd want to gamble Moreno now. Dean, as said, suspected hamstring injury. So I think he's five, I think, Alex Moreno. I'd pay it. I'm not going to move Torres to Moreno myself. Um, But if I was on wildcard, I'd definitely want to get him in. Watkins would still be a part of that. I probably wouldn't be gambling the likes of Leon Bailey at this stage, to be very honest with you. I think what happened was, I think they probably surprised themselves, Villa, with how how easy it was to get into the position where they were 2-0 up. That, they, they weren't great for me. They've been the better side, but I don't think they were great. Then they got ahead and the game became very easy towards the end of the first half. And you're looking at this, and to be honest, at the end of the first half, I was thinking, slow down, Villa. Right, James, we've done an hour and we've done only half the games. I was so thinking slow game off. Enough, I think, enough, enough. I was thinking Brentford slow Wolves. down, Villa, because 10 hours going to get sacked and I want to stay at the moment. No, we're done. Uh, right, we're going to do the next three games, two minutes a game, because otherwise we're going to be here till fucking New Year's Eve. Uh, Brentford won Wolves 4. Uh, biggest stat for me for this was four big chances for Wolves, zero missed. Like normally you always see like, Two chances, one missed or something like that. Four goals from four big chances. If you take your chances, you're going to win a game of football. Well, Lamina's had a header from like six yards that he can't miss. He arrives into the penalty area brilliantly. Huang gets a brilliant present from Nathan Collins, walks around the goalkeeper and has an open goal. I suppose that'll go down as a big chance. Yeah, He's finished for the third one. Isn't a big chance when it initially comes to him, but the way he manufactures the chance... He's magnificent. And then the finish to kind of reverse hook it on a half volley near post. Beautiful goal. And then Collins had another brain fart, um, which led to Bellegarde, obviously, scoring the fourth goal. Collins, of course, former Wolves player. Um, and he, he, he looked one of them. You looked at it and you thought when they were doing the close up, you think, oh, shit, your your confidence is on the floor here. That's not good. And he's a player I really like. I, I first saw him live for Burnley at Tottenham in game week 37 a couple of years ago. And I think he was he was really, really good. And he's a player of, of good potential. But Ben Mee, 
We will still be suspended for the game at Crystal Palace this weekend. And that's a miss. Frank and Yeka will be back. They are beginning to get some players back, Brentford. And there's a number who might be back in game week 21. Pretty much maybe everybody, bar Rico Henry and Brian Bumo. And that includes Mr. Ivan Tony. One game to go. And then he's back. Yeah. But Wolves, I think last time we spoke about him, Serge, we went, yeah, at Molyneux, pretty strong, but pretty shit away from home. So let's give him praise and credit here. That said, Brentford still had plenty of chances in the game. It just felt like what you said, Wolves were ruthless in their executions. Wang, she was pretty even. It was like 2.2 yeah. 2 to 2.3. It wasn't and, like uh, Wolves completely. And, and a lot, a lot of that, obviously, just... game state is important to reference from that perspective because Wolves have led for right the whole game, basically. Um, Huang this might... is it, right? Goals, goals change change games massively. It's, I saw it yesterday with with Alex. If you if you get yourself ahead and you've got something to cling on to, or you're chasing, the tactics get out the window if you get an early goal. Huang might make Saturday. Uh, Gary O'Neill said because obviously he came off late in the first half. Mm. Um, it was interesting. We was having a debate on the watch along. What would you, what would you rather have? Would you rather have the the two goals and a and a bad injury, or would you rather have the blank but he's fit for the next game? I was like, it's, it's got to be worth the injury, isn't it? Because if you've got the points on the board, you can take a minus four to get rid of him because his points have just paid for it, if that's yeah, what it takes. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, I'd agree. Obviously, look, either way, this will be his last game uh, for a while because he's obviously going to go to the Asia Cup. Asia Cup, yeah. But there's every chance he'll play this week. But I would say, because it's a Wednesday to Saturday turnaround, it might even be the shrewd play to sell him now, the week It's a home fixture, back at Molyneux. Yeah, but... but against um, a good, good defensive team yeah. in Everton. Yeah, I, I think if you held and he's a sub, you'd probably be a bit disappointed with that. And I think there's every chance that that might be what they do. But the the reports were that he was moving absolutely fine by the time sort of the game finished. And I don't know, maybe Wolves could have even let him go to half time and did a minute or two without him. I, I don't know. Uh, Santiago Bueno covered at centre back for Dawson. Did fine, but Dawson will be a miss. We don't know the prognosis of quite how long he'll be out at this stage, but I suspect it might be a while. He is going to be a miss. And the one thing with them obviously playing Kilman, Santi Brego, uh, Santiago Bueno and Toti Gomez, the back three now, they don't really have any other cover if they lose another one. Also, I think it's really important to reference the importance of Ray and Ait Nori, who's obviously playing this kind of hybrid left wing back role. And I'm not suggesting anyone goes and buys him for FPL. But that little period that he missed a few games, I think Wolves dipped and he's back and it's better. It's just the, the structure is much better for them when he's in the team, offensively and defensively. Chelsea managed to get some points, James. 2-1 home win against Crystal Palace. Um, yeah, I mean, look, uh, from an attacking point of view, kind of missing Cole Palmer and Raheem Sterling meant they were, I wouldn't say down to bare bones, but Ian Matson coming in um, alongside Nkunku, Mudrick and Jackson. Uh, Conor Gallagher, obviously, captain in the team as well. It was it was points that they needed because they are quite adrift from, um, I don't know, top six, top eight, whatever you well, want. They've got to have Anywhere ambitions near over Europe, this, this group of fixtures where weather, they've got to be well, winning games if they, they want to qualify well for Europe. Um, yeah, I think this is... Uh, take the points and go, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the listen, XG wasn't too bad, but that's obviously skewed massively by the, the penalty, penalty at right? the end. Mm. To be honest, watching the game, and I was watching multiple games Wednesday night, um, it felt when it got into the last 10 minutes, it felt like the game was there to be won for Palace, actually. 
like on the turnover. I felt like Chelsea were gambling to win it and they they were open and there to be exposed. And there was a couple of times I felt like at least they played really well, but I felt like like go at your man a bit quicker here and go and win the game, take responsibility for it. And that didn't particularly happen. So yeah, decent result for Chelsea. Yes, number of players missing. Sterling and Palmer, I presume, will both start on Saturday at Luton. Again, factor in a really tight turnaround. It's 12.30 kickoff. Who knows? You may even get some leaks in terms of what the Chelsea team is. But I think like the likes of Nkunku, he's a, he's a major doubt not to start. I'm sure he's going to get in that team and he's going to stay in that team. He played as the 10, basically. And I think they'd rather use him on the left. Mudrick might, Mudrick really? might have picked up a problem towards the end of the game. Which... Who played number 10? Palmer? I think so now, yeah. And then Sterling on the right. Yeah, well, he's he's been Jackson their best player. Top. Do you think that yeah. would be their preferred front four? Yeah, Kunku I think on the, left, the, Palmer, the idea of Palmer, Sterling, Sterling at, at, at 10 and right means that they can flip that in the way you do with sort of Bowen and Kudos. Very different because you're talking about the right top Striker end. And, but yeah, you yeah. can just flip them within game and go, okay, do you know what? I want Sterling to go central and get, in the, get on the turn and run at people. Or you might think that Palmer plays at 10 and he might be back to goal too much, so moving him to the right will open up the game and he can see it better. Um, and Chelsea will certainly benefit from, and Kunku can play right across the front line as well. But I don't think he's certain to start this weekend. I wouldn't be diving into him this weekend personally, but he will get in the team. I also think, as I said, near the start, I wouldn't be certain that Gusto plays this week, personally. I do think that they might just look at... Uh, it, Luton. I'm going to play the four yeah, big yeah. lads at the back. Yeah, and he's done that before. Where he plays Gusto, in terms of how offensive he's going to be, seems to be very dependent. I think on what Thiago Silva's doing, and this might change again. The other thing to say is Ben Chilwell's not far away, and that might have a real impact on Gusto. But then Pochettino kept saying he couldn't play him left back anyway, so maybe he will he will go and play left wing. <laughs> And then that transition into a back three could become more natural that they can't really do at the moment. But basically, whichever fullback plays outside Thiago Silva needs to hold his hand at the moment. They're really worried about him getting exposed, I think. And he has been, I, I always feel the need to say it. He's one of the best centre-backs I've ever seen. But they're having to protect him at the moment. Um, and we might be coming towards the end where the decision needs to be made. The problem is the team is so young and inexperienced. That team, I think, was the eighth youngest ever fielded in a Premier League game. Oh, wow. Okay. So they still got, need uh, someone like that with his experience and, and leadership. I realise Sterling's sort of 29 and stuff. He's not the sort of player I'd look at as like a leader. I've got Sofa score up in front of me, James, and they, they love to stick the old uh, first 11 average age, 23.1. Yeah, that is. Yeah, I think it's the eighth youngest. And by the way, I think four of the ones that were, are younger were all like in May i.e. like nothing games where young yeah, players yeah. have been blooded the kids and stuff. And stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay, wow, interesting. Uh, right, let's move on to Everton 1, Man City 3. Uh, marred a little bit by controversy with, um, the, well, the two two incidents that were particularly talked about being the handball and then obviously this stupid offside shit, which has been, I feel like um, someone's going to get injured has been talked about all season and then finally it's it's happened Um where had it not happened, everyone would be like, well, you keep saying someone's going to get injured, but no one has. Well, now someone has. Um, and I do actually feel for Pep in this one because I think it's stupid. But overall, you'd say that... that, that, that it's Mancini what they're playing to, isn't it? You, unfortunately, you can't blame the linesman. No, you can't. And you can't blame the handball. It's the rule. It's the rule and it's the... It's the yeah. 
as as Pep would call it, the big bosses, right? So, yeah, frustrating. But overall, you'd say City deserved to win in the end. Um, although Everton gave them gave them a bit of a go. Yeah, Everton gave them the difficult game that I, I thought they would. Mm. Um, and I think City fans must have been really, really kind of concerned sort of first half and hard time. They had chances, like Pickford made a, a, a couple of good saves. Nunes should have done better with one. Then Alvarez had the rebound effort. Pickford made a double save. Um, but I think what's really important to get across is what happened in the, the second half. Certainly once from the point that City got ahead. It was the first time I'd watched them in a really long time look like Manchester City. And it was the first time I'd seen Everton in a while look like they knew they were a beaten team. And that's a little bit ominous for, for the others at the top of the table that City might have just come back from the Club World Cup and suddenly it might just go. They always have a moment where they just turn it on and uh, they purred. they're going to go and run. They yeah. absolutely purred in that last 20 minutes. You know, when you play them, sometimes you're like, oh my God, I can't get a ball. Okay, it looked like them at their best. But also, I mean, look, it's it's the end of a very busy, hectic schedule for a lot, a lot of teams, including Everton. Yeah, and, and you can argue that City have just had two preseason friendlies. Um, yeah, congratulations on winning the club world cup. Where the training? But yeah, to be honest, yeah, and it wouldn't be the first team to go away and have something like this and then come back and start dominating. Certainly, mm. some of Alex Alex Ferguson's Manchester United teams have done that in the past, where they come back from that little break over Christmas. I realise it's not a break, but you know what I mean? It is yeah. that warm weather yeah. training, yeah. basically. And then come back and bang, hit the ground running. They need to keep players fit, though. So losing Stones is not good, because I said a couple of weeks ago that I thought his return would really help facilitate. Obviously, with him going off, they moved to Kanji into midfield instead, which we'd seen in the past. That's not as good. What they also did very interestingly later in the game, though, was he held position... And Kyle Walker really pushed on on the right-hand side. And what that enabled was Bernardo to get into areas with Foden, which I can absolutely understand why people want to buy Phil Foden this week. Absolutely can understand that. I can't justify it. I just can't justify a transfer with what I've got. But if I was making one, I think it'd be top of the agenda for me, would be to get him in. I think he's capped him all this week. I think you're at a rare stage with him as well where... Because of how they're setting up at the moment, not only can you feel safe that he's going to start, I think, but you can also feel safe that he's going to play in a position where he can do the most damage, which is basically as a right-sided 8-10 hybrid. Are you sure we can hybrid. feel safe? Boom, can boom. we ever feel safe about <laughs> Phil Foden? Maybe not, but you, you sometimes you can look at, ah, oh, James, that's a three-day turnaround as well. Yeah, but in this one, maybe you just want to look at it and go, your Manchester City don't play again for eight days afterwards. And it's also that to factor into this weekend, which I, I to reverse what I said earlier about Sheffield United, and I don't think they'll get done six sevens. There's no reason for Manchester City to have their foot off the pedal if if they do really go for it, and you know they're capable. So, yeah, if I was making a transfer this week, I don't know. If suddenly, one of my midfielders is injured today for whatever reason. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'd be buying Phil Foden. Sush. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, 
Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Cool, cool. Let's move it on to last night's uh, action, which started with Brighton 4, Tottenham 2. Or we could say first 75, 80 minutes, 4-0. But you did win the last 10 minutes, 2-0, James. Yeah, we're going to put that one in the trophy cabinet, obviously. (laughs) We'll put it in our trophy cabinet. The nearly drew 4-4 away from home. Yeah. Um, I hadn't seen Brighton play for a little while, if I'm honest with you. Um, and obviously they haven't been playing particularly well. But the way that they they, they move around the pitch, that there's always players in space and the ball is just moving so fluid, yeah. was a joy. They, they were They were really good yesterday. And they haven't been yeah. for a while, we have to add. But yesterday was like, oh, I recognise that team. Well, yeah, and also let's let's factor in, and there's no excuse held to Tottenham on this one because Tottenham have had a good break, but it's the first time in ages Brighton have had a week-long break. Yeah. And we know they've got their injury problems. They've obviously lost to Dingra and Matoma, so you can argue on about Tottenham's injuries. Listen, basically, Tottenham had no diff- no spine last night. But I think every, everyone's had, now... But Brighton had no whip, right? So, oh, yeah. And De Zerbi was got round it really cleverly by adjusting a few little parts with... We're so used to them playing with a front three where the two wide players just literally hold the touchline. So I, I, I don't know if it was part to stop Tottenham playing, but what they did last night was just tuck Pedro in alongside Welbeck and they were tucking Buonanotti from the right-hand side to fill into the 10 position off the ball. And James Milner was also tucking in, but also had free reign in possession to just move back out to a left-wing position where we hadn't really seen him play before for Brighton. Um, and it, it worked a trait for them. I think particularly off the ball, we struggled. Both teams, when they play each other again, which by the way, is Saturday three o'clock. So sorry if you're in the UK, you're not going to see it unless you illegally stream the game. But this... Or by it, tickets. It, or, or by tickets. <laughs> um, which won't be easy to come by, let me tell you. Yeah. But the two teams are both brilliant and bad for each other. Yeah. So they're brilliant for each other because you know that you'll get opportunities against the other one. They're bad for each other because both teams are very capable of pressing. Even Tottenham's look at the first goal last night. It comes from Kulusevski yeah. pressing into dunk. There's a turnover. And there were a lot of them in the game. There was a lot of good football where you're playing through lines and stuff. And there was a lot of winning the ball high and stuff. And Brighton got it much better than Tottenham on the night and fully deserved to win. And to be honest, but for Vicario in goal, couldn't have complained. The XG of the match, though, 3.5 versus 2.3. That's... that's... Phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, look, th- this is where you have to be careful with stats. There's a penalty in there if, and stuff. Well, but it's not that you could you could say, well, Brighton had two penalties. If you take the the one point five effective out of Brighton's penalties, then who had the better XG last night? Yeah, right. But that's a nonsense because Brighton absolutely deserved to win. Yeah, no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. As said, Vicario probably stopped it being seriously damaging he, he, in the first half. Uh, impressed, actually, to be honest with you, because he's a really good goalkeeper, mate. He, he came in unheard of, right? And yep. um, started well. And you guys had a good start to the season. You're a bit uncertain. I think we're established now that yes, he is a good goalkeeper. I think Premier you, League standard. No, you no make a debate. Despite it not being the first time he's conceded four goals this season, you make a debate. He's possibly been best goalkeeper in the league this season. 
be up for debate. Oh, yeah. Villa fans, shoot me, Emmy Martinez, and all that. And yeah, come Listen, I'd me. make an argument for our goalkeeper with the amount of times he saved us in games, but um, stop leaving him on your FPL bench, then, mate. <laughs> Don't it hurt already? It hurts. Um, for Brighton, yeah. I highly recommend it because it's still very useful. Um, although the predictions are all over the place. Um, listening back to yesterday's clash of correspondence with Chris Stone, our West Ham correspondent, and Sam Murray, our Brighton correspondent, because we talk about Brighton assets a lot. And I don't mm-hmm. think there's anything last night would have particularly changed that. Other than we know he's super now his fit. We know he can smash the thing for 30 yards um, and likes to do that now and again. It doesn't often go in. This time it did, and it's a weldy goal. He's added to that list of excited defensive players. However, right. yet again, no clean sheet. So with the others, you feel like there will be some. Honestly, the way this team plays, which I won't be surprised I don't get a clean sheet all season. <laughs> but the run that's coming up after West Ham, when a lot of people will want to make transfers going into 21, Wolves, Luton, Palace, the res- reverse game at Tottenham, Sheffield United, Everton, Fulham, Nottingham Forest is a super run of fixtures. Okay. So question for you then, based on uh, a comment you made earlier, 5 million Alex Moreno, 4.9 million Estu Pinan, who would you buy? Because of what's right in front of my face this week, Moreno. Okay. As in for the whole of January? And Villa's fixtures are good as well. Villa's fixtures are also really good up for that same period. Moreno over Estupinan. For me, for the yes. Major- for the majority of people, probably. For me, for me, yes. I do think Estupinan will, will probably by necessity need to start at West Ham. But with some of the other defensive players you love going into this way, I mean, I, I couldn't foresee any way that you wouldn't score against them. In fact, to be honest, on what I'd seen last night, I think you'd probably beat him, to be honest. Um, it's too, it should be completely different. No, you're going to have 25% of the ball. Completely different game of football. 25% of the ball. Yeah. It will suit you. It won't suit them. And they're, they're vulnerable when the ball goes into the box. Simple as that. And you can pinch it off them high as well. But yeah, really good. I just want to shout out Jack Hinshelwood. Was, yeah. I thought, absolutely brilliant at right back. Um, dealt with human sons. Uh, Who knows? If he was, they were very small. He, he, Cardboard. He, he, he's that kind of Jack Grealish kind of... It, maybe it's the look yeah. of the socks makes you feel yeah, that. Yeah. Obviously, plays in completely opposite position. He's a midfield player who I first saw play at Aston Villa when they got beat 6-1, and he got absolutely swamped on second balls in midfield. And I thought, oh, you, you, you're not ready for this. How good is he, mate? Yeah, yeah, what a brilliant yesterday. little talent he is. Pascal Gross... Gives them a nice calming influence all the way. I think he's one that can be considered. And João Pedro, he's probably going to play quite a lot over this period. And I don't even hate that. Not this week, but it might be one to look at next week. We go, should we be shoving Solanke or Alvarez into João Pedro for this run? I think with Welbeck fit as well, he's probably got the favouritism over Ferguson, but you don't really want to buy Welbeck. And we certainly know almost without doubt now that João Pedro is going to be on the pens when he's on the pitch. Is 11 out of 11, is he, in English football? Mm-hmm. So he looks, when he walks up, you, you think, yep, he's going to score as well. Yeah. Brilliant assist. Had a bit of swagger about him yesterday. Um, yeah. Re- yeah. Really good player. It's only their third win since game week six, Suj. Yeah, but and they're is... still in and about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, imagine if they'd have put a good run together. And of course, for them now, it's no Europa up till between game week 27 and game week 28. I wouldn't be surprised if they went on a really good run. For my team... Is this is Davis and Royal now going to be centre backs for the foreseeable? They certainly play Royal over Dyer. There's no doubt about it. And then Hoybjerg in front. 
with Saar. Personally, for me, I would have played. I would play Hoiberg over Skip there anyway. Personally, and Oliver Skip missed out last night, um, but Ange said he'd probably be available for Sunday. He was with the team at the stadium, so and no Kulu. It feels it'd be suspended. Yeah, so Celso has to play. It's also not coincident. I know. I know he gave a stupid penalty away, right? They both did. Celso and Kulusevski, fucking idiots with the penalties they give away, right? Like you know, the team isn't in enough trouble. Let's just give away. The, the two most blatant penalties you can see all season. Um, but no coincidence, by the way, once again, that the Celso comes on the pitch and Tottenham start playing better. So he'll play in the 10 position. There's, there's no choice. Mm. You have to anyway. I personally, as, as I said on one of the pods we did earlier in the week, I think on Patreon, I would play the Celso as the six because he works hard enough and at least he retains possession. So he's a calming influence. We'd have to play a little bit slower, but when the centre-backs are giving the ball in, watching Hoiberg and Skip, they turn like forklift trucks, mate, to use an old Adam Pritchard analogy for Granite Xhaka. Actually, Xhaka's better than both of those two players, unfortunately. So at least the Celso, you can feed it into him and he's he's got an understanding of spatial awareness. And I, then I would have Hoiberg and Saar probably as runners in front of him. I don't think Andrew will do that, by the way. The Celso will almost definitely play at the weekend. I know there's a few will have him knocking about as their fifth midfielder. You could certainly get... It's almost certain to play uh, at the weekend. Brennan Johnson. I think he's wank, Serge. I think he's just quick. Okay. It's just quick. It doesn't look up to it for me. Um, but again, he's got to play at the weekend. There's no choice. But I think there there might come a stage where Kulusevski will move back to the right, particularly say when Madison's back, and he's either going to get shunted to the left to cover for Sun or he'll come out the team. Because what I see is the one thing with last night was we obviously got well beat, um, but I didn't see no lack of effort or nothing from the majority of the players. There's a there's a couple that are let down from that perspective. He's one. I think Sonny's another one, by the way. Um, who I think needs to do more as captain in terms of his his upper body strength and his and his work for the team. I know he works hard, but sometimes I think I think he works in the wrong ways for the team. Um, those two have such a pivotal role as wide players in this system. And I I, I know I said it kind of before the Newcastle game and after the Newcastle game. If he goes wide left, he's not really an option. And of course, he hauled against Newcastle, didn't he? And he's always capable of that. But I don't think if this is going to stick with Richarlison up front, and I know he's returned again yesterday, I don't necessarily think we'll be diving back for Sonny, which, okay. which I part explained was kind of fixture related on the last podcast. I won't repeat myself on that, but listen back between sort of minute 14 and 19 of Sunday's podcast. Thanks, uh, FPL Harry, for the share on that. I don't think I necessarily want to dive back to Sun, And obviously by that point as well, hopefully Madison's back fair, and these things might help from that perspective. Richarlison probably is going to stay through the middle. I'll be honest, he's frustrating as hell. I wish he could stay on side a little bit more. He was on the borderline between a massive haul last night and being what it was of next to nothing. I, as I said earlier, when discussing Bournemouth, I wouldn't be surprised if we got beat. I certainly would not be invested in any Tottenham player right now unless his name was Pedro Porro. Uh, last but not least, there was a game at the Emirates yesterday. Arsenal nil, West Ham United 2. Um, we were written off by a lot of people. Um, including me i'm very happy to be wrong well done there was some joy for you yesterday in seeing the red north half of north london my dad's standing there on brighton train station by the way this prick tried to get out the ground at 75 minutes and he said come on let's go and i and i said you know the way i'm (laughs) (laughs) so he did so he obviously he didn't go did he He, honestly i didn't think the game was dead 
Mm. I had a feeling that if we scored... I didn't think you'd get back into it, but I did think there was got a couple of goals in there. I, but... I said to Dad after, I said, we're going to get something from this or we're going to lose about 5-0, is what I said. Yeah. And it was close. Honestly, at 4-2, there was... If we'd have got a third, I think we'd have done then, it. Then I think so, yeah. yeah, yeah. They were but I didn't shitting think themselves. Would. There is a lot about, why couldn't we play that way in the first 10 minutes, of, last 10 minutes of the first 80? But yeah, by the by. And why sorry. didn't they play like that? Because um, they were not 4-0 up. What did he say yeah. on the on the train platform? Oh, no, but to be honest, firstly, he thanked me for making him stay because the trip home better from at least seeing that effort in the last 15 yeah, minutes yeah. was better than just leaving at 4-0 and thinking, well, that was shit. Um. He, no, he, he tried to. He, 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 I told him Arsenal were losing. He tried to get the game on on his phone. And he said he prick went on the Sky Go. I was like, that ain't gonna work. Games on Amazon, <laughs> Muppet. Well, I ain't got Amazon on my phone. I'm like, look, man, I'll let you know if there's another goal. Don't, don't yeah, worry yeah. about it. Well yeah, done. indeed. I mean, this was. Um, I, I don't know if there's a team in the league. If you're if you're setting up in two banks of four or four and a five and going to hit teams on the counter. And there are plenty of teams in the lower half of the table that sit in low block, if you want to call it. I don't think there's a team that can do it as well as we do. We just shape. We just hold our shape so well. Bodies on the line. Um, it was a, it was, a, it was everything you'd expect. Moyes masterclass in terms of sit in, nick a couple of goals on the counter, but at no, at no point is it um, peppered with shots and, and, um, under huge amounts of pressure. Having said that, Saka doesn't hit the post in the first half and it goes in and it goes to 1-1. The dynamic of the game is very paid. different, yeah. right? But they didn't. And they had a number of other chances where they should do better. But they, Odegaard needs to take... He, he's the creative player in there, right? He's the one that's got to unpick the lock. And sometimes he can't. And it felt where they had the odd chances and shots are flying off or we're getting blocks in. And sometimes you just feel like they ain't going to do it today. And it really felt like as good as they, as better as they are than us, they weren't going to do it. And um, and West Ham come away with a 2 0 win. And Arsenal have this problem. They've had it against a few teams where there's no plan B or players like Jesus and stuff like that just get become anonymous in games like this where they don't know, they don't have an answer to, to what's in front of them. Um, but having said that, before the before the um, game started, you're looking at the two centre-backs as second-choice centre-backs in Bonner and Mavropanos. Um, and yeah, we're all shitting ourselves. And Paqueta then obviously gets injured in the warm-up. Um, the rumours before the game started were, oh, he's, is, he, is he starting? Is he not? We see him in the tunnel. All right, he's starting. He lasted, what, 20 minutes or something? I don't even 33, know. 33, wasn't it? 33, there we go. And he's now out with a knee problem. You, you really back are back of his knee. Back of his knee, he felt something. It's got to be talk, probably, if it's anything above that, it's hamstring, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely no idea. Because he did, it, when he went down, I don't know if you saw, it, there was a moment he picked, he was in a kind of defensive midfield position where he used his body to turn the turn the ball away. He came away from a couple of Arsenal players in the way that he does. And then literally just kicked the ball into touch and just lay down on the floor. Like it was it, done. But he still walked off and... Looked like he was going to come back on the pitch for the duration of while Ben Rama was getting ready to come and be his sub. And you're like, just if you're fucked, just just why are you bothering? So he can't uh, be that bad that he can't walk and can't come back on the no, pitch. But interesting but enough that he had to go. Interestingly, off. I don't think a lot of people know this, but Romero obviously went off for us at half time against Everton at the weekend, and he's obviously done his hamstring. It's obviously not grade whatever because he's not going to miss like three, four months. It's sort of four to five weeks. I think he got injured in the first five minutes, Serge. 
He was down for well, a little while right at the, the start of the game and he was struggling to get up. So I think he's probably made the situation oh. worse by carrying on playing the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, look, this is it. Arsenal easily could have won because they did have enough chances to win. But I don't think any of them, any of their fans, and I haven't heard any of their fans walk away and say um, that it was a, a robbery by any stretch. The, the most of the, the kind of things I'm hearing is they need to find a way in games like this and get better as opposed to West Ham was shit and just sat in. It's what you expect. It's what you've seen from I, us. I assume, season. like, I've literally only seen the kind of the three minutes highlights of the game. I haven't seen any interviews afterwards. Mikel Arteta not using Disgracia as a, an excuse or anything nope. like that this week? No. Nope. Nope. There's been no outrage about this ball that looks like it's out. Um, but they couldn't prove that it was out. I'm guessing that you can't prove it, right? And at the end of the day, it's one of them. We're wasting five minutes. If you can't tell, you can't tell on field decision. Simple. And it, I'd be the same the other way. I'd rather just not waste time on it. Um, it is what it is. Couldn't care less. <laughs> why but should you? If you it can't went, tell, you benefit. can't tell, right? If you can't tell, it's like the Willock one. Just go with the on field decision because if you can't tell, you can't tell. Well, you can't. You can't say, well, it looks out. Unless no. you can prove it for that, because ball in or out is matter of fact. You know, did he pull his shirt? Is still whatever, but matter of fact, yeah, you've got to you've got to prove that he's, he does look out though, even more even more so than the Newcastle one, I think. Yeah, um, obviously, it could have been three 0 with Declan Rice giving away. You talk about stupid penalties. That would have been the icing on the cake if we'd won three 0 with Declan Rice giving away a penalty in the ninety third minute, just lunging in like that on Emerson. Do you think that because I know Arsenal fans were starting this fundraiser to give West Ham more money for the transfer? Do you think they've, they've sat that off and went, "We'll give them three points instead"? I think there's something written in the contract uh, in the sale of sale agreement that we they can no longer beat us. Um, look, Arsenal. Uh, they, they need to find a way in games like this. They're running Saka's like, it just feels like he's running to the ground again and again and they're flogging him to, to pieces. And he's the, he's the one that was the creative spark within the team. Martinelli looked lost and, and couldn't do anything. Um, I don't know whether whether Trossard was the right uh, right choice in that team necessarily. Maybe sticking in Jorginho and pushing Rice further so forward or something. I, but... I, I, was, I mentioned about the idea of benching Saka this week for me rather than Solanke and on the way home I was thinking yeah it's conflicting having Solanke against Pedro Porro but maybe that's what I should do he's just bench Saka at Fulham yeah and I watched those three minute highlights when I got in I went no I'm, I'm not doing that I don't want to even from that little bit I went no I don't want to do that and I know his performances are massively kind of certainly in terms of his FPL returns are very much underwhelming at the moment and I think he's the main did, man though yeah but I said this a few weeks ago it's like you look at 21 this is really interesting again because a lot of people again are going to be moving sons and sellers into midfielders, right? So you look at the fixtures immediately in front of you and you start thinking, right, Chelsea against Fulham. Okay, yeah, cool. What am I going to do? Add Sterling to Palmer for most people. Probably don't want to do that. And you go, right, Arsenal and to Palace, right? Palace are not performing well at the moment. Looks a good fixture. Probably looks the best one on paper, maybe from a captaincy. But I, I said this about Saka a few weeks ago. Like, great asset. I don't ever really want to particularly stick the armband on him at the moment. And also I'd be looking at that week now. And I think many others would be thinking this. I'll I'll buy Odegaard. Not sure I want to do that. Martinelli wouldn't want to buy at the moment. So was the missing piece in the jigsaw last night? Was it actually? Was it? Is is that what was missing for them last night? Maybe. 
Maybe, but one thing with Kai Havertz as well is that he's got a little bit of a fight about him as well. He can, he, he is a bit in your face and aggressive and a little bit of a. Uh, yeah, a he's, he's a bit of a twat, isn't he? Yeah, he and, my got, and you need my that team's got twats as well. Like this. Yeah, we all do. We need that in in certain games. Um, look, they're going to go away to Fulham. It's going to be a, a, a tough game. I'd still, I wouldn't be obviously benching any any Arsenal assets. And that Brighton game now, West Ham versus Brighton. Well, well I might. Gabriel? Oh, Gabriel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Uh, as, what do I do? Play Gabriel at Fulham or do got. I play Pau Torres at home to Burnley? No, no, you play Pau Torres. I'm not leaving, even though I, I said I think there's every chance we might get better. I can't believe Porra in a home fixture like that where the, there is the potential of what it can be. And I ain't leaving Trent out. Yeah. So I'm going to have to, I think. Yeah, indeed. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to the Brighton game. I mean, we could get beat comfortably, but from a tactical point of view, that is the ultimate clash of styles going against each other next week, Tuesday, West Ham, Brighton. Just quickly, because we're going to do our game review on Tuesday next week, which will obviously be before you play Tuesday night. Mm. So we might not get to hear your opinion on this. What do you think will happen with Bowen while Kudos is away? Uh, interesting, because we don't think Antonio is fit again. And now... We don't know the prognosis on Paqueta as well. Mm. That's the other problem. So Ben Rama came on for him. But he's yesterday. going to have Con as well. So that's not a long-term solution. I think the player that we need to use to fill Paqueta's shoes is going to have to be Ward Prowse because he's the only one that, with the passing ability to find the through ball to get in behind. Like if I want someone chipping the ball over the top, it's got to be him i think we'll just find a solution on the left i think four nows maybe will come in in the left and ward Prowse will play the fur furthest forward out of the three midfielders in socek alvarez and ward Prowse will be the, the furthest and then forward. who right or are you saying um, bowen out there i think bowen bowen out there and maybe bringing in um Obama? antonio back into the team if he's if he's fit so when he's fit it's going to, to be a bit of jiggery poker to come around. to come full circle about saying well, maybe captain bowen in 21 I hate that. I hate that I might put the armband on someone and not know where they're going to play. Am I going to rely on the information from the Bristol City FA Cup game to give me the answers that I I want? Maybe I shouldn't do that. So to come full circle, yeah, I might be Captain Garnaccio in game with 21. There's also um, uh, a few other players that are in and around, like Maxwell Corney can play on the left, right? And he has not had as well, any... isn't he? Oh, he is, isn't he? <laughs> Yeah, literally so, your two replacements are going to. Have I don't know. Is he well. in the squad? He hasn't played oh. any football. Have they picked? Yeah, him? but I bet they've called him up, mate. He he is definitely Ivory Coast, isn't he? He is Ivory Coast. Maxwell Cornet Afcon. Let's have a look. Uh... In your own time, Sish. Cornet and Ivory Coast conclude the African Cup. Oh. Can you not just get the squad up? Come back. Uh, I'll do that. I'll do that. Um, but yeah, look, super happy, right? Six, halfway through the season, we're beating Spurs, beating Arsenal, beating Man United, beating Chelsea, beating Brighton, drawn with Newcastle. So I think it's we're, we're as in a in how, a good how did um, now. how did I how, how play? Considering he's thirty five, and we're talking about Thiago Silva being close to the edge, um, a fine in a low block situation like this, if you've got balls going in behind him, which can happen in certain teams like Liverpool uh, for the yeah, Carabao he had Cup, a bad night problem, but different style of game. Whereas here we're sitting in, he he's, he's fine. His body's on the line. He played really well, to be fair, captain the team. Nice to see after, obviously he hasn't come back from his injury, um, particularly 
uh, well from a couple of years ago um, and been, got back in the team. But yeah, it was nice. He played well, but it was bodies on the line. So I think every player, 1-11, to 11, had a good game. I asked because obviously coming out of the Amex, I'm like, oh, Arsenal winning 1-0. I didn't know the lineups or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I'm looking after, oh, where's Zuma? Oh, Aguero's not playing either. And literally, I'm in my head there, I'm, I'm thinking, how were they winning? With with Ogbonna at centre back, which generally you so know, I'm, I'm pleased exactly to hear the that. same, mate. Like sit in deep, nick him on the counter. Oh, and I didn't know Sebastian Haller is uh, is part of the Ivory Coast squad. Yeah, the other the other thing about Captain Bowen in twenty one is you won't have twenty five percent possession in that one. No, no, you That's won't. Very true, and we won't win that as a result. <laughs> I don't think he's going. You know where is he in this squad? Is he not? So Maxwell Corne might be the solution. You wouldn't trust him to stay fit for more than two weeks anyway, would you? No. Find. I'm going to search on this page of all... Uh, all right. Don't, uh, don't do Cornet's that. Cornet's not going, mate. He's not going. Cornet is not in the Ivory Coast squad. What, what's his FPL price? That, that's proper rogue, <laughs> isn't it? That's proper rogue. Right, we need to end this podcast if this is where we go. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, FPL in seriousness, in. if no. he's staying, yeah. that's good... Good news for yeah, Bowen, I think. He's 5.2. No, don't. Don't do that. No, agreed. Cool. That's a wrap of the games, James. Um, and that's a wrap of the year. I mean, we can tell people what they got to look for. What are you doing? Uh, deadline Street tomorrow? Uh, yeah, and the Wi-Fi will work because I'm in my house. Nice. Lovely jubbly. Um, oh, and then we're back at it. Obviously, New Year's, there's nothing going on on New Year's Day, uh, a day to recover. Um, you obviously play on New Year's Eve, so your New Year's will be dictated heavily by whether or not... I'll go to the uh, game. I, I come home. I, a, a beach. Uh, I, I won't, beach I won't be out on the piss. I hate it. It's the worst night of the year. Yeah, I hate it. People just want to get out of their mind and, and then the quarter to 12 and start crying because they realise they've had a shit year. And then it gets to quarter past 12 and they start crying again because they realise probably the next year is going to be shit. And people get depressed. It's meant to be happiness. Celebrate. And some you people do. Some but happier friends, there's my friend. always someone that has to just ruin it for everyone. So, no, I won't be out New Year's Eve. I'll, I'll be going to Tottenham and then taking it easy. Might even treat the wife to a board game or something maybe. Yeah. Nice. Uh, listeners, uh, we're going to not go through any questions that we've had on the internet because we've been going for like nearly two hours or something mad like that. Um, and I'm sure you've got other pods you want to listen to as well. Like our Patreon pod, if you want to support the show, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash planet FPL. We'd love to have you for 2024 as part of our Patreon community. There's a Slack channel, there's prize leagues, there's fixture planning spreadsheet, there's additional content and a whole bunch of other stuff as well, including meetups and poker nights and all sorts of stuff we do with our patrons uh, if you enjoy the we show we don't have a gambling problem by the way we did that no, once no no <laughs> uh, if you want to join uh, if you want to join patreon head over there if you don't then you can still support the show by just hitting the like button subscribe share the podcast on any socials uh, leave us a nice little review on wherever you may be listening that stuff all helps as well and we appreciate all of that but it just leaves me to say thank you for listening this year for all of your support and helping us grow the pod and uh, have a fantastic New Year's Eve. Stay safe. See you in 2024. Ciao for now. Thanks, everyone. Be nice to each other. Remember to play it your way and a happy new year. Cue music, please. Man child. The Fantasy Football Show.
Sports Social Podcast Network.